What is up everyone? It's Quinn here and in today's video I'm going to be talking about five must draft handcuff running backs for your fantasy football leagues. So I understand that drafting handcuffs definitely isn't like the flashy pick in your fantasy drafts, but I do think long term these players truly can be league winners for you. For the people who are unfamiliar about what a handcuff running back is, it's pretty much like a locked in backup to a starting running back. So for example, in previous years, we had Dalvin Cook operating as a workhorse, and then you had Alexander Madison as his backup. But the idea is that if Dalvin Cook goes down, then Alexander Madison can step into that Dalvin Cook role, which we had seen over the past few years. Whenever Dalvin Cook missed time, Alexander Madison was someone you could plug in as like a top 12 running back in your lineup. And where you'd be able to draft him in the later rounds, you would never be getting that type of upside from you know pretty much any other fantasy pick. So you know handcuffs are not going to be players that you're starting in your lineup early on in the season, most likely, but these are players that can turn into RB1s for you if the running backs ahead of them go down. So when you're targeting handcuffs, you definitely want guys that have solidified the RB2 role, and you would like some sort of track record of them kind of stepping in and operating as the running back one at some point. I do think you can take some flyers on some rookie guys, but what you don't want is to have a handcuff sitting on your roster you know, all season long, the starter ends up going down, you plug them into your lineup, and then they're in like a two, three, you know, backfield committee. That's just not a situation you want to be in. But long-term, handcuffs can give you some massive upside, and they can end up being league winners for you, honestly. So talking about five different guys today, if you enjoy the video, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and let's jump into the first must-draft handcuff running back, and it is going to be Zach Charbonnet. So right now, he is being drafted as the running back 39 and I think he's probably one of my favorite running back picks when we're getting into like the triple digits. So like pick 100 or later. And I feel like Zach Charbonnet is pretty much being drafted as a premium handcuff. But I think that's honestly his floor for this uh, fantasy season. I think a lot of people, you know, including myself, were surprised when the Seahawks drafted Charbonnet in the second round. They had just drafted Kenneth Walker last year, also in the second. And like from the outside looking in, Walker had a pretty impressive rookie season. You know, I think a lot of people thought that he was going to be, you know, the uh, Seahawks running back one for the future. What that tells me is that the Seahawks probably aren't 100% sold on Kenneth Walker. And I honestly don't really understand how people could argue anything different, right? Maybe they still think Kenneth Walker is going to be their RB1, but I'm sorry. Like at this point in the NFL, with the way teams value the running back position, you don't draft a running back in the second round. You love them. You want them to be the guy 100% moving forward. And then you proceed to spend another second round pick on that position. If that's really what the Seahawks are thinking, I just think it would be a gross misuse of picks. And I just don't think that's kind of what they're thinking here. Um, second round draft capital is definitely serious. They could have gone with other positions. They decided to go with Zach Charbonnet. So I would be pretty surprised if Charbonnet is just like locked into a clear cut backup role. I think even if he is in that backup role, I still think he's a decent pick. But like I said, I think that's more of like his floor projection here. And I think there are some clear spots where Charbonnet could just step in, you know, and play a role in this offense. I think probably the most obvious spot would be as a pass catcher. Kenneth Walker only averaged 2.3 targets per game last season. The Seahawks weren't super willing to use him as a pass catcher. His route participation was never super strong. Charbonnet put up strong receiving production in his junior and senior seasons. believe he caught over 35 passes as a senior. So he can definitely slide in and take the pass catching work for the Seahawks. We also look back to last year, and Kenneth Walker was one of the worst goal line running backs in the entire NFL. 
um, with a solid six foot, 215 pound frame. I feel like Charbonnet is definitely live to take over in that role. He's definitely more of like a physical runner than Kenneth Walker, which I definitely think can translate on the goal line. So, so far, right, we have a route for Kenneth Walker, or sorry, we have a route for Zach Charbonnet to get receiving work and goal line touches. Those are the two most, you know, important uh, touches you're going to get for fantasy football. And then the other thing I want to point out is that I feel like this gets unmentioned a lot, but uh, Kenneth Walker's running style is very boomer bust. Now, I'm not saying that as like a good or bad thing, but it could definitely be the Seahawks preference that they want like a more reliable, consistent option. They may not love that boomer bust approach. We look back to last season, Kenneth Walker was 11th in total carries. He was third in breakaway runs, which is obviously impressive, but he was also fourth in stuffed runs. So he's not exactly always getting what he's given. He's more willing to kind of, you know, go off script to break a big play, which like I said, some teams may love that. Other teams may not. I think if we look at what's kind of played out this offseason, the Seahawks probably don't love that running style um, just based on drafting Zach Charbonnet. So I truly think that Charbonnet is going to be more involved week to week than people think. I'm pretty out on Kenneth Walker at his ADP. I love Charbonnet because I think this could definitely turn into like, you know, a dual running back committee here. And I think he is a guy who could be playable week to week. Plus, if Kenneth Walker goes down, he already has likely the receiving work, potentially the goal on opportunities. I think he just becomes a running back one if Kenneth Walker does go down with injury. So Zach Charbonnet is going to be my favorite handcuff here. The next guy is going to be Elijah Mitchell. He's being drafted as the running back 42 and, you know, pretty much being a handcuff running back on one of the best offenses in the NFL, also one of the best running attacks in the NFL is obviously going to be super valuable for fantasy. I think if Christian McCaffrey goes down, Elijah Mitchell turns into like a fringe, you know, running back one. The 49ers have already proven that they're willing to use Elijah Mitchell as like the clear cut RB1. His rookie season in 2021, he was the running back 14 in points per game averaging 15 PPR points per game, and he also averaged 18.8 carries per game. So we already have the track record of the 49ers not being scared to just throw him into that RB1 spot. And honestly, probably the only reason why they actually ended up going out and like needed to get Christian McCaffrey was just because Elijah Mitchell couldn't stay healthy. If Mitchell was healthy throughout his first two seasons, Christian McCaffrey may not even be on the 49ers at this point. So I think Mitchell has that RB1 upside if Christian McCaffrey ever goes down with an injury. And I don't think like CMC is injury prone. I think he busted that narrative last year, but just the running back position, it's fragile. Injuries can happen. You know, he had been banged up the previous like two or three seasons uh, leading into last year. And I even think that Elijah Mitchell has some weekly value. Like I think in certain matchups, he can be played as like an RB2 or a flex option, especially during like the bye weeks. Um, Mitchell and McCaffrey played in six total games together last year. And even playing alongside Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell averaged 10.3 carries per game in matchups where there's probably going to be blowouts. The 49ers are probably going to be getting CMC out of there and not trying to overuse him. I definitely could see Mitchell delivering you some solid production, even playing behind Christian McCaffrey. So a little like added bonus to him just being like a pure handcuff. Now the next handcuff must draft running back is going to be Tyler Algier. He's going off the board as the running back 44. He's coming off in a thousand plus yard rookie season. And just being straight up here, I feel like there are some people that are going to think Algier is going to compete with Bijan Robinson. I do not. I know the Falcons put out the depth chart and what Bijan Robinson was like their RB3. Trust me, that is not what's going to happen throughout the season. I don't think he's competing with Bijan Robinson. 
I don't think he's going to have much week-to-week value, but I do think he's going to be a great handcuff option for this season. Late in the 2023 season, the Falcons were very willing to use Algier in a significant you know, role. The last four games of the season, Algier averaged 17.1 points per game on 19.8 carries per game. So they were just force feeding him on the ground, nearly 20 carries a game to close out the season. And there's also been you know, some rumblings that Cordero Patterson may not even make the final roster. If he is cut, you know, he is kind of getting up there in age. Maybe they think he's washed at this point. If Patterson is gone or just like buried on the bench, there's really not much competition for Tyler Algier if Bijan does go down. So, you know, if Bijan goes down with injury, Tyler Algier could definitely be stepping into a massive workload. Now, the fourth uh, must-draft handcuff is going to be Jalen Warren. He's being drafted as the running back 51. And uh, coming into the 2022 season, it really looked like Najee Harris was lined up for another workhorse season. He had the highest opportunity share in the NFL in 2021 as a rookie. And there was really like no notable competition coming in. You look at that depth chart. He was used so heavily uh, his rookie year. You would think they would just carry that over into year two. But then you had undrafted Jalen Warren come in and really start to eat into Najee's touches. It's not like Warren commanded a massive workload. He had a 25.4% opportunity share, but he did come in, establish himself as the clear-cut running back two in this backfield. And I do understand that, you know, Najee dealt with a Liz Frank injury throughout the season or, you know, preseason, but he was probably limited throughout. Probably wasn't 100%, but I do have to point out that Jalen Warren was the more efficient guy pretty much everywhere. Um, He was at 4.9 yards per carry to Najee's 3.8. Warren averaged 1.47 yards per out run to Najee's 1.1. Warren averaged 7.6 yards per reception to Najee's 6.3. So I expect Jalen Warren to be involved week to week, um, but he probably becomes a fringe running back one with a Najee Harris injury. I am probably lower on Najee than consensus because I do think Warren is going to eat into his stuff. Also, I'm not saying this is likely. But I don't think it's like completely impossible that this split even gets closer than what it was last year, right? Najee Harris is two years into his NFL career. He's been very inefficient both seasons. Jalen Warren was very efficient as a rookie. If Najee is once again, just not an efficient option, I feel like you're at the point where that draft capital is only going to take him so far. And I don't think they're going to force feed him on a team where they're trying to be competitive if he's not effective. I do think it's possible that Najee has a bounce back in efficiency only going into year three, but I do think people are kind of expecting Najee to just take back this workhorse role. I'm not super, you know, bought into that. I still think Warren's going to be involved and I think he carries a lot of value as a handcuff. And then my fifth and final handcuff running back is going to be Tank Bigsby being drafted as the running back 52. And he's probably one of my favorite like later round picks in fantasy. Um, I think at the very least, Tank Bigsby is like a pure handcuff to Travis Etienne. Just Etienne's getting a large workload. Tank Bigsby could get that if Etienne goes down. But I'm also just not willing to rule out a weekly involvement for Tank Bigsby. I think there are some similarities to the uh, Kenneth Walker, um, Zach Charbonnet situation to this Etienne, Tank Bigsby situation here. I definitely think there are routes for Tank Bigsby to just cut into Etienne's work. Despite ETN being a really solid pass catcher in college, I've talked about this a lot, the Jaguars were just not willing to utilize him consistently in that role. ETN, also like Kenneth Walker, was pretty disappointing on the goal line. You also have to factor in that this current coaching regime 
is not the regime that spent a first round pick on Travis Etienne. So I don't think that draft capital carries him as far as you know it may for other players. And then you have to also take into account that the Jaguars spent third round draft capital on Tank Bigsby. I don't think it's you know crazy to think that Bigsby gains some momentum throughout the season. I think he can get some receiving work. I think he can get work on the goal line. And who knows what happens in this backfield? Maybe they you know buy back into ETN, give him a ton of receiving work. I would like to see it because I have been high on ETN heading into previous seasons, especially last year. But I think Bigsby has some potential week-to-week value later on in the season, along with the upside of being a handcuff for Travis Etienne. So those are going to be my five handcuff running backs. We have Zach Charbonnet, Elijah Mitchell, Tyler Algier, Jalen Warren, and Tank Bigsby. Like all of these guys at their current prices. Let me know what you guys are thinking about these handcuff running backs. These are players I'm just hammering out in the later rounds of my draft. So thank you all for stopping by, and I will see you in the next one.